1: everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grind Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is August 6th, it's 2020, and uh, we're going to talk about these games that start at 6.05, so nice little seven-game slate. I know uh, FanDuel did not include those 6.05 games, so five-game slate over there. Uh, we'll talk about those games as well as we're going here. So, going to break it down, got my buddy Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend?
2: Oh, I'm doing just, just tip-top. Uh, baseball's in full swing basketball's in full swing and i have no free time
1: <laughs> well what is that like you gotta you got a nascar WNBA, tennis esports. like you gotta get it all in there
2: yeah no if i didn't get into it during quarantine i'm not gonna start now
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right um let's get into the slates you know it can't be worse than wednesday slate one of the lowest scoring slates we've seen so far these nights happen Um, I have twin stacks like everywhere and Astro stacks and the Rocky stacks. So like, I'm ready to move on. Um, so we're going to break down this Thursday slate and get rolling here. Yankees, Phillies, Jordan Montgomery, Zach Eflin, um, any interest here in Jordan Montgomery?
2: I mean, he's got decent stuff. He should have enough. He should be able to pitch far enough into the game. But I, I don't know against this Phillies team. There's so many good guys against lefties in this lineup. You got Segura, you got Hoskins, you got Real Muto, so you got Kingery. I, all, all the way up and down this lineup, there's guys that can just destroy him. So even though Montgomery's a decent pitcher, I don't think I have any interest in him today.
1: Yeah, a lot of strikeouts um, in the Philly lineup. You know, when you're looking at this team, you know, towards the bottom, but at the top you know Singura doesn't strike out Didi doesn't strike out typically Jordan Montgomery shocked me a little bit in his last start I wasn't I was shocked he went 81 pitches um I think that is super good if you look at that, um rostering him here you know I think that he is in play on this slate just because I I don't feel like we have a ton of ceiling pitchers um and like I do think he's a guy that has a ceiling so like for that reason he's in play he's not my favorite Zach Eflin on the other side, kind of a reverse splits righty that generates a ton of ground balls and doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. to righties, any interest here in Eflin?
2: Another guy that I'm not really sure I'm going to go with. I mean, he's in the past been a guy that has actually done something in occasional starts here. But he's going up against the Yankees. Obviously, they have a ton of firepower all over the place there. I don't know how long late he's going to go be in the game. He's had back issues in the past, and so that can always – just pop back up at any given time here i'm worried about him finishing the game i'm worried about how much damage he can actually do the yankees so no real interest in him
1: yeah it's a tough offense um i don't think i'm gonna target him here i I do think like you can target like high strikeout pitchers against the yankees i don't ever think that's a problem but like this isn't just this isn't like a high strikeout guy like he's gonna go out and pretty much pitch the contact here and you know try to get ground balls Um, Yankees bats, I think the lefties are really good, but I also think like if you're playing the Yankees, you're probably stacking them.
2: Yeah. I mean, I generally don't like to target too many righties going up against Deflin, but this is a little bit of a different scenario. It's not like he has great stuff versus righties. He did hold them under a 140 ISO and under a 330 Woba last year, but this is still the Yankees. If I'm playing them, I'm probably stacking them up. They have a 5.3 implied run total on the slate. Uh, the weather should be all right. Not great. Not terrible. We'll see what that Roth has to say tomorrow, but yeah, I'm stacking up the Yankees. Hicks is probably my favorite. out have cause we do want to target those lefties there, but anyone one through nine, I'm fully on board with.
1: Yeah. And like, even if you want to go like Gardner and do the wraparound, um, cause Gardner isn't a good spot here. Gardner is a fly ball guy. Um, so even like Gardner, if you want to wrap around the Yankee stack here, um, uh, any interest in the Phillies here?
2: Uh, Kepler had a three-run home run you're welcome. Uh, Hoskins, Real Muto, Segura, Kingry, like all the lefties or all the righties all the way up and down even McCutcheon there at the top like Montgomery as already noted like he's a little bit worse versus righties than his versus lefties as a large than normal platoon split so he's a guy that I definitely want to target righties with and they've got some hard-hitting ones so any of the righties and i mean it's it's, this game's real simple don't play the pitchers target the guys with the platoon split
1: all right i'm with you on that one so all right uh moving on we got the reds and the indians luis castillo against carlos carrasco um any interest here in castillo
2: yeah yeah i have a little bit of interest in castillo I mean, the guy's got great stuff. He struggles a little bit with walks. He's pitched fantastic so far this year, 33% K rate, only 4% walk rate going up against a Cleveland team that really hasn't done a whole lot so far this year. Their bats have just not been great. And yeah, like he's, he's one of the top options on the entire slate. He's near the top of the price point and he's absolutely worth it. There's not a ton of pitchers that we can really, that we really want to use today. So he's, top one, top two options on the entire slate, and you should mow right down these guys.
1: Yeah, I think the, the both these pitchers are, like, super interesting on the slate, like, where we're we're searching for ceiling. Um, you know, Cleveland's been awful. Like, I, I sat Cleveland on Wednesday hoping that, like, a, a better matchup would, you know, maybe light these bats up a little bit. And they just – they look awful at the plate. Their run production is way down – Um, so like, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely have some Luis Castillo here. Um, and then on the other side, like Carlos Carrasco, we know like he has been giving up more and more hard contact, uh, giving up more power to both sides of the plate, but he still has some strikeout stuff against a team that, you know, you start getting towards Suarez and Senzel Galvis, um, like the bottom of this order. We're looking at, you know, a good strikeout matchup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like the projected lineup has a 22.2% K rate. Again, this isn't a slate where we have a lot of guys to pick from. So Castillo, Carrasco or Carrasco are both at the t- near the top of my list. I've been tr- looking, trying to find guys in the lower price range that I want to play. And there's just really not any, there's not a whole lot of value on this slate. So you're probably paying up near the top, and which is why I like Carrasco and Castillo quite a bit. But there's a decent amount of strikeouts in this lineup here. And he's only got 3.9 run total against him.
1: Um, any bats here on the Reds?
2: Yeah, I think that you can absolutely uh, target the power bats here. So Moustakis, Castellanos, Suarez, even Winker probably, like all and Zell. All these guys can hit for power. Carrasco's may have decent strikeout stuff. But he also just gives up a ton of hard contact to both sides of the plate. He had a 263 ISO to the right side of the plate and the 241 to the left side of the plate. He can absolutely give up bombs. While I will use him, I will be targeting a decent amount of power one-offs on this slate.
1: Yeah, like, I think any any of these um, lefties outside of Votto are interesting for one-off plays. Like, I just don't play Votto. Like, I just, I'm not a huge fan Um, and then on the Cleveland side of things, like if you're playing them, like Ramirez, Lindor, Santana would be the three Reyes. Like if you want to make it a four man, it's just, they haven't, they haven't justified stacking them yet this season.
2: Yeah, they definitely haven't. And I mean, it could change at any given time. We know a lot of these guys on the team are pretty streaky, but I think I'm like, unless Castillo's going to come in at like 50% ownership, which. I don't – it's possible it could happen, but I don't think it will. Uh, Then there's no real reason to go with any of these Cleveland bats here. They just haven't been good. Castillo's a big ground ball guy. He does walk a little bit, so if you're going to use him, I just say you do a full-on stack with those four guys and one other one as a leverage play. And just because if he gets a little bit wild, then you can get into some trouble here. But I think he's too good of a pitcher. And, like, if he does get beaten up, it's probably just getting hit with singles and doubles pretty much the entire game.
1: Moving on, we got um, the Houston Astros and Arizona Diamondbacks, Brandon Belick against Zach Gallin. Um, Any interest here in Belick? Belak, Belak.
2: Wait. Oh, Astros. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong game here. Um, no, he's not going to go, what, more than four innings? Like, he's got decent stuff. And I this could see a...
1: him going 75 pitches, to be honest.
2: yeah. I mean, even so, like, he's not priced well enough. Like, if he's yeah. not going to get through five innings, he had 40 pitches in his last outing. He had 53 in his outing before that. I don't think Both he's Both really... out
1: of the bullpen for what it's worth.
2: Yeah, but I can't imagine he's stretched out to go more than 75. Like He started thinking...
1: 14 games in AAA and six games in AA last year. Like, he was a starter in minors.
2: I know, but, like, this is a whole different scenario. They didn't have spring training, or they did way earlier on. I don't know if we get news that he's going to go more pitches, then I'll definitely look into him a little bit. But as of right now, I don't think he's going to go long enough into the game where it really matters. So I don't think I can pay seven point five k for him. I'd rather go with a guy like Montgomery at seven point eight k than him, knowing that he can go later in the game because you're just not getting a whole lot of upside from him. I don't think.
1: I think you're right on with four innings. By the way, just so you know, like I, I didn't mean to like interrupt you, and like I was, I was like. I was kind of, like, agreeing with you. Um, you know, I did some research on him before we got started here. Strikeout stuff in the minors look great. Um, you know, in AAA, A 12% swing and strike rate, almost a 24.5% strikeout rate. So, um, like, strikeout numbers in the minors look good. I think Arizona, um, the lineup is kind of weak. If we get any kind of news that he's going to throw 75-plus pitches, I have interest. I just don't know if we will. I don't know if he'll pitch deep here. Um, struggled a little bit with walks against the Angels too. That could definitely hurt, you know, as as many innings as he could go. So the upside is there. It just depends on, like, if we get any kind of pitch count. And then on the other side of the game, um, Zach Gollin, this is a dude with a 29.4% K rate, but the problem is, like, Arizona – or not Arizona, Houston just doesn't strike out.
2: Yeah, they don't strike out. It's and the biggest concern with Gollin is walks. And he's going up at – lineup that had a 10% walk rate on average in the projected lineup. So I, I mean, it's kind of the same problem I had with Robbie Ray today. Yes, the upside's there. I'm not going to argue with him playing in tournaments, but I'm going to probably stay away from him almost entirely. He absolutely has upside. And if, I, if we come to tomorrow and he's projected like 4% ownership, you take a shot on him. But if he's going to have 15, which there's not a lot of great spots on this slate for pitching, then I'm just going to be entirely off him because he's going to get his pitch count high. He's probably not going to go that late because of it. He may strike out some guys, but not nearly as much strikeout upside as he has against a normal team.
1: Like I'm, I'm a Zach Gollin fan. Uh, I I think he's talented. I really do Um, said this a bunch last year, if you're new to the podcast, but um, really encouraging that he threw 98 pitches against the Dodgers last time out, you know, like I hate the price. Like, if he is $7,900 here, $1,000 cheaper, like, I am hyping him up here. But 8900 against a team that doesn't strike out and walks a lot, like, I think I'm with you. I just – I think when you're looking in this price range, you know, I probably roll the dice on, like, Chatwood a little bit more. Um, you know, even, like, Yamamoto, who I don't love, like, I know he has upside against Baltimore. So – I just I worry about the price tag on Zach Gollin. There's gonna be plenty of times that I play Zach Gallin, um on this short season, but I don't know if this is one of them. Um, but with that said, like I'm not gonna go out of my way to stack Houston here. I respect the talent for Zach Gallin. Um Not gonna not gonna stack Houston here.
2: Yeah, again, mine all depends on ownership. Like Gallon is not an easy matchup. He can give up some power, especially to lighty- lefties, but there are mostly righties in this lineup. He gets a little bit wild and. Like, I have, if I'm going to play uh, Astros, I'm going to full-on stack them. And it's mostly going to be I'll stack them if Golan is going to be heavily owned, which I don't foresee happening. So I'm probably, for the most part, just staying away from them. There's not a single bat that I want to target because the power lefties just aren't in the lineup at all, like maybe Toro. But I, I, I don't think I'll end up with any Astro exposure tomorrow.
1: I think it's the only way to play the Astros in this matchup for what it's worth. Like, if you're going to play them, you stack them. Yeah. Um, and I like the Arizona side, like I, I was saying this yesterday, I think Calhoun and Escobar seasons are going to turn around like they have really low babips, they're putting the ball in play. It's just you know, I, I think like they're getting a little unlucky, but I just don't see myself using a ton of Arizona bats here. Maybe one-offs.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this kid has good enough stuff and Houston has a good enough bullpen behind him. Where I don't really see this as a high upside spot. So yeah, I'm probably I'm probably just Xing out this whole game.
1: All right, um kind of with you. Cubs, Royals, Tyler Chatwood, Brad Keller. Um Tyler Chatwood has looked like I don't want to like jinx it, but he's looked really good in his two starts. Um pitched really good against Pittsburgh, pitched really good against the Brewers, and now like I'm not, I'm going to say like this is a cupcake matchup too. Like it's Kansas City in Kansas City. Like this is a spot Tyler Chatwood could start the season 3 and 0 and um be off to the races on a on a really positive year for him.
2: I mean, he could be I mean, he's got to be what close to the Cy Young favorite right now based on only his stats so far. So far.
1: Like, Scherzer left the game after one inning today too. Like some of these big guys like
2: getting hurt. I mean, he's got a 40% K rate on the season a 2.65 XFIP. These are Garrett Cole type numbers going up against the Royals. So far, the lineup on the year has like most of these guys around a 30% K rate. O'Hearns could be in there, Mondesi, Soler, like there are a lot of big strikeout bats. And if his stuff is real, then he has a real chance to just absolutely mow through these guys in this lineup here he's got great stuff so far this season the biggest reason why he had trouble last year was because he just had no command and he really has not walked a lot of guys this year like he's walked a few but not many at all like he's absolutely been pitching out of his mind right now and so like I said I'm probably paying up mostly and Chatwood's definitely going to be a guy that's involved it's not like he's done this against bad matchups like pittsburgh and milwaukee are not teams that strike out a huge clip and he had 11 and 8ks respectively against the two
1: yeah chatwood's my favorite pitcher today like i guess i should have started with that like he's my he's my like if i'm paying up for one guy today it's tyler chatwood so um i just don't see like kansas city beating him deep i don't see them beating him by doubles and singles and stuff like when Chatwood's not striking people out, like he's generating a ton of ground balls, so I I like Tyler Chatwood a lot here. Uh, I think he can be really effective here, and um hopefully he just doesn't walk a lot of guys like he did a lot last season. Um Brad Keller, Brad Keller was out the start of the year, right? It was um, this is his first start, yeah. Yeah, like he he was he was one of the COVID ones, wasn't he? One of the COVID players, I'm pretty sure. Um so like first start of the season i don't expect him to go too deep here right
2: yeah no i'm kind of trying to figure out if he's going to go too far i mean obviously like a lot of people they they can be out for a little bit and they can still be practicing i really doubt with him having covid if he's going out there and uh stretching his arm out too much so
1: he missed I, almost all of camp is what i just read on um a yeah report on him on twitter
2: Yeah, again, like, we're doing this the night before. We don't have a ton of news on him, but from what I can kind of tell, like, unless we get news that he's going to be around 90 pitches, I'm – no chance I'm playing him.
1: Yeah, actually kind of, like, the Cubbies really standing out here. Uh, You know, I think the Cubbies are in a great spot. Brad Keller is a really decent pitcher, but, like, if we're not going to get too much of him here and, you know, we're going to get into that Royals bullpen, there's some bad arms in that bullpen – and Keller's a guy that's not going to really blow the ball by anybody. So I think the Cubs on the road here, uh, this is a team that we're going to be looking at on the slate.
2: Yep. Yep. No, right there with you. The Cubs are probably my favorite stack on the entire slate here. Like Kansas City's bullpen's not good. Keller is an all right pitcher, but really he's not great by any means. He showed some promise at one point for a small amount of time last season, but overall not the best pitcher in the world and really not like in season shape i would assume and you've got bats over on the cubbies like bryant rizzo bias Schwarber, Contreras, hayward even kipnis and hap like i love everyone in this entire lineup and depending on who they throw in there you could have some cheap bats because hap's sitting there at 3.6k hayward's at 2.9k like this is a really solid lineup going against some really bad pitching and they're underpriced on this slate I absolutely love them. They have a five run total. They're my favorite stack on the slate. The bats I would probably target more than the other ones are going to be Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, but I have no problem with almost anyone this line, depending on who's in it.
1: I love the wraparound going Kipnis, Hap, and then wrapping it back down to Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez with them being on the road here. You can see those guys on the bottom getting four at-bats um, and like Hap has been crushing the ball when healthy and like nobody's going to play eight, nine, one, two, three. Um, like I think the Cubs are going to be pretty popular here too. So I like the idea of like being different with my Cubs stack. Um, and then on the Royal side of things, like Solera is a one-off every day. Like, like if you end up in his price range and he's one of those guys, last guy in type of plays, I'd never hate playing Solera's power, but outside of him, I just don't have a ton of interest in the Royals.
2: Yeah. No, like the only way I'll play him is if I, I don't see any way that people will be um, fully o- or fully on board on Chatwood just because his price. I know I, well, he's played, but like if Chatwood's going to be like 50% owned, then I'll play Royals, but there's nothing on paper. And they have not played well so far this year. They've been just horrible and they don't have any real solid bats in their lineup outside of Solaire. Mirrorfield and maybe Mondesi. So this is a real poor really poor lineup. Not really many great ways to stack outside of when they were almost like nothing in terms of pricing. So full on fate of the royals for me, unless we hear something unless I hear some weird ownership report.
1: Blue Jays and Braves, Nate Pearson against Tuki Toussaint. Um any interest here in Pearson?
2: I mean, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> like it's going up against Atlanta. I believe that the weather over in Atlanta is going to be decent. It looks like it's going to be 85 and fairly humid. He went 75 pitches in the last outing. Actually pitched pretty well against Washington there, but like I the, the only way they might end up on him is just cuz there's so little in terms of actual like arms on the slate in the cheaper end, but everything's so close to the top that I don't know if we need to go in the cheaper end, and I might just pay up for double aces in every single lineup here. So out of all the guys at the bottom, like, he's probably third on my list, but he's not a guy that I really want to use here. It's for 7,300 against a tough Atlanta lineup with a five implied run total.
1: Atlanta's the top team on the slate. So, I really don't have any interest in Nate Pearson. Pearson, 167 Babbitt against Washington. Like, I'm not looking into that start too much here. Like, he posed an 18.7% swing and strike rate. And in AAA last season, he had a 9.4. In A last season, he had a 12%. Like, something's going to change in the start. And I'm just hoping that, like, we can get the Braves here and, you know, they're going to hit the ball well. Uh, Tuki Susan on the other side of this um, matchup. Like Tuki Susan is a guy that has talent, but man, does he struggle with command? It's like him and Sean Newcomb are a lot alike. Like they have talent, they just walk too many guys. Um, and I don't expect him to go like over. I, I would cap him at like eighty-five pitches here. Um, any interest in Tucson?
2: I would if it wasn't for his price tag. He's sitting there at 8.3K, and that's just a little bit too much for me. He gets too wild, so I don't expect him to go too late into the game. 74 pitches and 67 pitches. In his last two starts granted one of them. He got a little bit beat up during it. But, like, he's got the talent. You're right. But he is just far too wild. And he's going up against a Toronto team that, sadly enough, has a lot of strikeouts. But they have a few guys that can really work their count. Biggio and Shaw, like, I don't I don't really see myself using any Tucson. If he was in the 7,500 range, absolutely, I would take a few shots on him. But where he's at right now, it's just worth more of my time to go up to Yamamoto, to go up to Chatwood, to go up to Castillo, to go up to Carrasco. They're all in probably better spots, and they're all better pitchers that can go later into the game and don't have too many control issues.
1: Here's the thing. Like, when I'm looking at this, I'm going to look at it as – all right, if Yamamoto is going to be, like, super chalk, then, like, I don't want to instantly write off Toussaint. Just because, like, you look at all these young hitters for Toronto and they all strike out at a high clip. like And he's really – he's been really efficient against right-handed batters and Bichette, Gariel, Vlad, Hernandez, they're all righties. Um, so, if Yamamoto is going to be, like, super chalk, I have slight tournament interest in Toussaint. I do not think he's a cash game play. He walks too many people. He has too many issues when it comes to that. Um, on the other side, though, like the Toronto Bats, like I think they're, you know, somewhat interesting here as like a secondary stack. Uh, do you have any interest in Toronto?
2: I have a decent amount of interest in Toronto. Like the splits that Tucson has are probably not or should not be as pronounced as they are. Like he's a- – like, he should not have the ex- incredibly extreme splits that he does have. I don't think so. Like, looking at his pitch type, yeah, he does throw a pretty mean splitter. And that's pretty much – and he has a decent curve. But, like, I, I, I don't think that things are as they appear fully. I think he's a little bit more neutral. And I do have more interest in the lefties in this lineup, such as Tella, Shaw, Biggio. But I will play a decent amount of Bichette, Giriel. Vlad, Tiosker. like I'm I'm playing most guys from this lineup. This is probably my second favorite stack on the slate here. I think that they can really do some damage to him, especially if he's getting super wild. So this is mostly a full stack spot for me just because he's not the guy, type of guy that gives up a whole lot of hard contact to righties so far. I'll use BGO as a one-off, but this is a stack spot for me, and I really, really like it.
1: Yeah, stack spot indeed. Um, like the Biggio one-off call. You know, you know maybe TELUS as a one-off as well, just for his power-up, son. Um, I already said it. Like, I really like Atlanta here. They're a team that, you know, I'm hoping maybe flies under the radar a little bit. I doubt it, you know, because, um, you know, the only good thing is, like, Albies getting out of the lineup, like – Freeze up a couple like cheaper bats for Atlanta, so they're a little bit easier to stack here too.
2: Yeah, I mean I like Atlanta. I don't like them probably as much as you do, but I mean Pearson. He, who knows how late he'll go into the game? Like he's still a young guy. I'm I'm fine with most of these Atlanta bats. I don't love them. Like they've also been doing really poor this year. So or a, a few of them are doing really poor this year at the bottom of their lineup. So. I don't know. Like I, they have a five run total. Like they're probably going to be heavily owned. Although they, a lot of them are priced up. So I could see them kind of going under the radar simply because there are a lot of teams with similar run totals um, that are a lot cheaper and you don't have anyone to pay down with. I don't know, you're, I'm know. i starting to sell myself more onto it, but
1: Nick Markakis is back too, man. It'd be his first game. They just, they just activated him. Like, Oh man.
2: It's you get the off. you
1: get the op in op out narrative when it comes to Nick Marquez. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, to be honest. Like maybe oh, he's a little that. bit worried about the about the Rona while he's at bat.
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, he doesn't want to touch the ball, so he's gotta hit it over the fence, right? <laughs> that's true.
2: That's true. He doesn't want anyone else touching it. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You you talk to me a little bit more on it because there are some good bats here, even though a few have struggled. I don't know. Like I'm not against them. It's just, it's tough to pay up for them in this spot here just because of the lack of pitching.
1: Yeah. Like, it'd be interesting to see like how many people are in Atlanta here. Just, you know, no cores, I think is a huge kind of help. Um, you know, I do think on DraftKings the Yankees will be pretty popular. Um, but like no cores always helps these slates, like no Minnesota, another team that people like to stack. So um and no Dodgers, right? Like I think that's the other team that I was thinking of. No Dodgers. Um, Baltimore at Miami, but this game's in Baltimore. Miami is the home team, but this game's in Baltimore, from what I read. Um, Wade LeBlanc against Jordan Yamamoto. Um, any interest here in Wade LeBlanc?
2: I mean, I don't want to, but he's a guy that I'm probably looking at just based off of his price tag. Like he's going up against the Marlins here. He hasn't pitched great so far, but he has been terrible. He's not going to give do a whole lot to destroy your lineups. If I need to pay down, this is kind of the guy that I'm just looking for because he's not a great pitcher, but he doesn't give up a whole lot here, and Miami really doesn't have a whole lot that can beat you up except for a few guys near the top. So, yeah, sadly to say I have a bit of interest in LeBlanc, mostly because of the matchup because – yeah, This is Miami Marlins lineup is trash right now.
1: Yeah, a lot of minor leaguers in this lineup. Um, so, um, I don't know. I, I, I could see a lot of people having the same, like, mindset and playing LeBlanc. And if, like, that happens, I probably won't um, partake in it. On the other side, you got um, Jordan Yamamoto, who is so – I don't even know what to call him. Like I oh, we'll just say boomer bust. How about that?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a bit boomer bust. He's got some decent stuff. Like he can absolutely mow through almost any lineup. Going up against Baltimore here, there are some bad bats in Baltimore, to say the least, that are going to end up being in the lineup. It's because of that that I'm probably on Yamamoto unless let's super chalk, then I think it's worth a fade just because of how inconsistent he is, but you worry about his walks and the guys that walk a lot also strike out a ton. If they're in their lineup, like Davis and Cisco and the guys that don't walk a lot, don't strike out a whole lot. So like it, it, it all kind of averages out and none of the bats are really that great. So Yamamoto, I think this is a great spot for him if they are playing in Baltimore and you're right, then that's a little bit a little bit of a downgrade, but I'm still using him.
1: Yeah, I could be wrong, but you know, I'm pretty sure that's what I read. I'm pretty sure that they were staying in Baltimore to play the second half of this. So and I just I just checked like um at bat, the M L B at Bat app, and it says that this game is played in Baltimore. So um we'll go with that, right? Like that's that's all we got to go off of. Because, so. like if I'm if I if I remember correctly, like Baltimore or Miami's traveling to like New York the next day. So like they were playing, they weren't gonna go to Miami for one game. They were just gonna give Miami the home team in this game. So anyway.
2: Um Stock, Miami's making the playoffs or Baltimore. Listen, Miami's what?
1: Three and two or three and one or something like that? Four and one, four and one Miami Marlins. Like, wouldn't that be like the story, right? <laughs> Like the Miami Marlins make the playoffs
2: and after getting fourteen players with COVID. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy.
1: Um, any interest in the Baltimore hitters?
2: I mean, not a whole lot. I, I could see stacking them if is gonna be chalky, but not really a whole lot of bats that I want to go with. I mean Hayes, Nunez, like that's that's pretty much it. Like, I I just don't really want to play any of these bats. This lineup is ugly. And like it's either full stack or nothing, and that's strictly based on Yamamoto's ownership.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I'll be looking at. I'll be looking at the ownership, you know, because you can, you can make like a Nunez Smith Junior Hayes like three man Santander four man um, type of stack if if Yamamoto is going to be like super chalky. Um, but that'd be the only reason. And then like the Miami side. Like, I I have interest in some of these Miami bats because I do think LeBlanc is going to be kind of popular. But, like, my problem with playing some of these Miami bats, Grant, is, like, they're not cheap. Like, Anderson is 44. Bertie is 46. Like, the guys that I want to play, Jesus Aguilar is 42. I think that's super fair. Like, the guys that I want to play are kind of priced up, and, you know, that that stinks.
2: Yeah, the only guys I want to play are near the top of the lineup, and none of them are really cheap. Blanc a lot better versus lefties than he is versus righties, even though like some of the numbers are kind of weird with LeBlanc, but uh, I want to play Birdie, I want to play Aguilar, I want to play Anderson, maybe VR, maybe Dickerson, but like the problem is their price, it's not really the best matchup in the world. It's not terrible, but he doesn't walk a lot. There's not gonna be a ton of guys on the bases. He doesn't get wild. Main thing is the Baltimore bullpen's absolutely terrible. Um, so I, the price is tough. I'll, I'll maybe have one stack if LeBanc is chalky, but it's kind of how this slate is just playing out. Like if the pitchers that are chalk, if certain pitchers are chalky, then you kind of just have to take a chance on stacking the other side, just based off of leverage.
1: Yeah. This is one of those slates where you're definitely going to be pulling up lineup HQ and looking at projected ownership. I, I think it's, very important to look at projected ownership on this slate. Don't go into this slate blind, um, you know, as far as, like, ownership goes. I do think it's super important. So, um, let's bring it home here. Brewers and White Sox. Freddie Peralta against Gio Gonzalez. Um, any is interesting it him or Freddy? is it Lindbaum? Is it Lindbaum?
2: Yeah. I think right. it might be. <clears throat> I don't Will know. I move I... him up? Oh,
1: he is expected. Okay, so it is Limbaum. Dang it. I like the White Sox, too.
2: Yeah, I Um, mean, Limbaum's probably only going to go, what, 70 pitches?
1: Yeah, he went uh, 64, so maybe 75 to 80 here. Maybe they bump him up a little bit. He was was struggling with walks in that Pirates game.
2: Yeah, yeah, he definitely did a little bit. He's Um, 5,300. Yeah. Yeah, I... Like, I hate – I guess we're talking about Lindbaum now. Uh, I hate the fact that I probably am going to play a lot of him. Like, I don't know if he's going to go over 80 pitches. I don't know if I want him to go over 80 pitches. Like, he played over in KBO, if I remember correctly, and he had good numbers over there. Wasn't a huge strikeout guy, but still projected to be probably a little bit above league average strikeout and just an average pitcher. If he's going to go far enough into the game, he's going up against the White Sox lineup. Against righties, like, everyone strikes out a ton. Like, they all have power. He can absolutely get destroyed. But that's really just none of my concern because everyone could end up striking out almost every time a bat or hitting a home run. So it's boom or bust. If he's going to be chalky, maybe I'll rethink things. But he's 5.3K. I basically am going to do all doubles, aces or an ace and Lindbaum. And that's that's just that simple
1: he's so cheap like i probably have both sides of this i might have linbaum on a team and i might have like the white Sox stack on a team here like i i like both sides it's just man i i like the white Sox. you know so i'm gonna have to rethink a little bit on like a, you know maybe like a third team that i like today but um and I hate stacking against, like, the Brewers' bullpen, but I thought they could get to Freddy Peralta a little bit. Um, Gio Gonzalez on the other side of this game, I think he's super interesting here because outside of Yellich, this lineup looks terrible on paper. Um, and, and, like, none of us like to play Gio Gonzalez, but a Gio Gonzalez at 7,500 against this lineup is super interesting, assuming that we'll see him go maybe 85 instead of 77 this time.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like I, I hate playing to You know, I we hate too. We all hate it. Yeah. Like, you never know what's going to happen, but this slate makes it a little bit interesting. I'm going to wait and see what lineup ended up coming out. I'm going to think Yelich was in the lineup today, um, if I remember correctly. Like, the lineup was just absolute trash. And so, just because of that, I may have some interest in playing him. Like, I don't want to. I I think I prefer Lindbaum. I think I prefer a few other guys around that price range. Like, I prefer Lindbaum and I prefer LeBlanc. But I may, if I have money left over, like, I may be forced to play Gio, but I really don't want to.
1: I don't want to either. But I think just looking at this lineup, looking at the strikeouts, uh, the the upside is there. Um, But I also like, if you're potentially looking at like this stack, like Milwaukee here, you can make an interesting three-man stack here with like Healy, you know, Garcia. I, 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 if I'm, if Yelich is in the lineup, you you always include Yelich in your stack. Like this is an interesting little, like three to five man stack you can put together with Milwaukee when we don't, we don't have like a ton of offenses to like love on this slate.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely some bats I wouldn't mind using this lineup. I you just kind of have to wait and see what lineup ends up coming out there because like Morrison's in the lineup, even left lefties two point eight K, like Smokes three point nine K, Garcia's four point two k There's like there are some decent bats in here for the price, um, and it's not a terrible ballpark. So I I, I my player pool is probably going to be small, and I think Milwaukee's on the just on the other side looking in
1: yeah i get it um it's just it's it's such an interesting slate like if there's something that you like on this slate play it um because there's just so many so many different ways to like attack this slate that like if you like something there's a good potential that it could be like lower owned here so um just play play what you like today um that's for sure so um, the White Sox, man, I really like the White Sox. I, like I said, I, I really got to rethink, like, my approach here. You know, we know, like, Freddie Peralta is a guy that gives up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact, and, like, that Limbomb. made me – Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I'm saying, like, that's yeah. why I like them. So, like, switching it up, going to Lindblom here, what are your thoughts when you're looking at the White Sox?
2: I mean, might use a lot of Lindblom, but I'm also going to use a lot of light, White Sox. Like I said, this is one of those rare situations – which the White Sox have been pretty much that situation every single year for every single pitcher for the last three years. Like, I stack the White Sox, and I play the pitcher against him. Limbaum's going to go 80 pitches. Like, I don't really want to face that Milwaukee bullpen. So if Limbaum's going to go 80 pitches, it looks like, then I'm going to be stacking up the White Sox a bit. Any one of these guys can hit a bomb. Like, they got Robert, they got Mankado, Abreu, Grandal, Jimenez, Mazzara. Like, everyone in this lineup has just tons of power. So I have no problem with stacking up the White Sox. I have no problem with using any of them as one-off bats. I mostly want to use Limbaugh because of the strikeout upside on this and his price tag on a slate where there's not any other good pitching options.
1: It is an interesting slate. Um, I think that's the the easiest way to check it out, right? Like, say it, it's just an interesting slate. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. Underdog Fantasy Sports from the minds behind the draft app. NFL Best Ball is a fun set-it-and-forget-it format. They have an app on iOS and Android. Best Ball Leagues from $3 to $100, including their signature Best Ball Mania tournament. $25 entry, $1 million prize pool with $200,000 to the winner. Be on the lookout for live draft shows on Rotor Grinders. Pretty sure we have one on Thursday. Um, Check them out at underdogfantasy.com or download the app today and start your NFL drafting now um let's play the morning grind game and we'll get out of here it's a it's a fun one for the morning grind game no cores um lots to talk about um under 8k to get six or more strikeouts who are you going with
2: I'm going linbaum maybe he gives up four home runs during that span
1: you hope so right <laughs>
2: yeah it's a win-win
1: um, yeah unless you're playing him right uh, under 8k give me geo gonzalez so orderly. um, over 8k to score under 15. Who's your bust at the top today?
2: Uh, Toussaint.
1: All right, man, it's tough. I think all these guys get over um, 15. I'm gonna go Yamamoto, just if he's off, he's off, but I think all those guys get over 15. Um over 4k to hit a home run, who do you like today to hit a home run?
2: Uh, Chris Bryant.
1: We're going to go no, double.
2: Okay. Yeah, Chris Bryant. Double okay.
1: double Cubs today. Um I'm going to go with Anthony Rizzo. Double Cubbies. Uh under under 4k to get two hits.
2: Rowdy tell us.
1: All right. I'm going to go full on Cubs again and I'm going to say Ian Happ uh stack to score six or more runs who do you got
2: uh, when i say the cubs i'm I'm just gonna go with the blue jays all
1: right we're gonna go to the same game because i'm gonna go atlanta uh anything standing out to you over under anything like that uh to get us started at, there's not a ton of them out yet
2: uh over nine for the atlanta game <laughs> we both like those oh, stacks
1: yeah <laughs> uh that's what i was gonna go with too um go uh, give me man give me the under in the white Sox game because i know i'm gonna stack that game until i'm gonna kind of hedge here chicago under nine um in that game so grant any final thoughts before we get
2: out of here pay attention to ownership tomorrow (laughs) it's so huge tomorrow
1: like i i know i'm doing the grinders live show um Thursday today, and um, I'll be highlighting that on the show a lot because I think this slate is really dictated by ownership. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. We'll be back Friday talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Take it.